My name is Jaye Bano, and you on the J Mitchell, which is on WBCA 102.9 FM, Boston Local Community Radio Station. I guess today is, is after the producer Fred Stoller from Everybody Loves Raymond. Hi, Fred. Good to see you on the show today. Thank you for having me. Good. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. It's an honor and a pleasure to meet with you and talk with you. Okay, so my question to you is, how did you get started in, in the uh, entertainment field? Yes, in Brooklyn, I went with my older sister to a comedy club, and I wasn't too aware of stand-up comedies. This was the 70s? Wow. And uh, I, I snuck in underage. They didn't card me, and, <laughs> and they were just talking. And it was actually uh, Richard Lewis, Billy Crystal. And it wasn't like it is now with the internet where you learned a lot about stand-up comics. I wasn't funny growing up. or But then I heard, oh, they, they get to... Uh, you know, do their act and uh, go on the, t- then you go on your Tonight Show and you get on the sitcom. So I thought that's how I could try to break into be a character actor. So I started hanging out at the improvisation in Manhattan, trying to get stage time and then trying to see where showbiz would take me. Yeah, I see it took you a wonderful way because you've been in so many movies, especially on Maybe Loves Raymond. You've been met a lot of stars. So, so how are you able to cast on Maybe Loves Raymond? Well, I, I auditioned for another part, and uh, I didn't get it. But they were noting that noticing that I sound say now the way Ray does, and laughing that it was similar. So my friend who wrote on the show said they said if there was ever a part for a cousin, I would get it. And then someone had an idea, so that's how it happened. So what was like working with women and everybody in the cast? I was fun, you know. Uh, he was he was funny, but he off stage, but serious because it was his show. And nervous about is this going to happen? When we're going to do this? So Brad Garrett was more the carefree, loose clown, just joking oh. around. Garrett was the one I hung out with, making a lot of jokes. And Chris Elliott, you know. How about, how about Patricia Heen and Dorothy Roberts and Peter Boyle? Those are some actors. Yeah. Oh, they were great. Yeah, I mean, well, Peter Boyle star, it was in movies from my childhood, like uh, Taxi Driver and Joe. And so I was asking him questions, and it was so exciting. Uh, you know, they were very, very nice. Well, well, and I, I know Peter Boyle and Dorothy Roberts passed away. I made yeah, it a rest in peace, you know. Um, did you go to the funeral? Uh, no, I did not. I did not know them well enough to go to their funeral, no. Do you still keep touch with the rest of the cast of Ebelos Raymond? Do you still get together sometimes? Well, we don't like text. or, But, you know, I saw him at the last time I did stand-up comedy in, like, 2015, Ray. Oh. So I say hi to him here and there. But we don't – I wouldn't say we hang out, no. So aside from being an ass, what's a lot to be famous? I don't consider myself famous. I mean, some people recognize me and – People like you ask to do a podcast, um, you know, I don't know. There's nothing different than if I uh, was an animator or if I, uh, too much, or if I, uh, you know, uh, directed TV shows, you you just, uh, you know, figure out what to eat and, you know, know, uh, just rest. And, uh, you know, once in a while, someone I know has a party and that's nice and, you know, and you meet other people you've worked with, and it's fun. But I wouldn't say, you know, I'm living the lifestyle Brad Pitt is or, you know, Miley Cyrus or any, you know, not that kind of lifestyle. So what parts are you working on now? 
Yeah, I got some animation coming up. There's a, uh, a moon girl, something with Marvel. I did a animation part. Moon girl. Let me see if I can find out what it's called. Got some other animation coming up. So that's a lot of fun. That's my favorite thing to do. Uh, two animation shows I can't talk about because they haven't decided uh, the name yet and they were kind of upset. Um, Moon Girl, let me see what it's called. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. I think it's coming out on February 10th uh, on HBO Max, I believe. Okay. There's a lot Lawrence Fishburne's in it, and uh, or maybe it's on the Disney, oh, the Disney Channel. I'm sorry. Okay. So that that's very exciting. Wow, that sounds wonderful. I can't wait to see that. So what advice can, can you give actors that want to be that want to be famous? Well, don't go for just being famous because then you'll always want more or like, oh, I want to be famous. I want to have 50,000 TikTok followers and then it's an addiction. You want uh -huh. more and more. You got to do art and love what you do, expressing it however you express it, whether or not, you know, you're getting money or someone approved you or uh, just... Uh, just have passion for what you love, you would love to see or hear or read, you know, try to create that. And mm -hmm. the fame should only be secondary. So what inspires you? What, what gives you inspiration to do what you do? You know, when uh, you hang in there and uh, some project comes along where they really respect and appreciate you and you get to be creative and creative ideas keep hitting you walking down the street. So you, you just hope for that. Not every job is creatively fulfilling, but once in a while it's there and you go, oh, this is why I do this. I'm really expressing myself. So how do you deal with rejection? Well, when I was acting more or auditioning more, first it did, but then I realized that, um, you know, I probably didn't fit into their puzzle of what they wanted. You know, I don't fit into things so good. So I learned not to take it as personally. Some stuff, you know, when it's something I wrote, my own life, my story. But, um, you know, when I was younger, you just, I just knew this is what I do. And it's it's not great. But, um, you know, if you're lucky like me, you've had a fair amount of yeses that keep you hanging in for the no's. You know, once in a while you get a yes, and you got to remember that. It's hard, yeah. I see. How did COVID affect you? Well, you know, when it was really bad, uh, yeah, I stayed in, and I yeah, was creative for a while, um, doing, like, TikTok Live and just having contests and expressing myself. And I, I, I was fortunate that I was able to do a lot of cameos, because people at first weren't going to stores and they were missing birthdays. So there wasn't a way to um, get presents. So this was easy. So that kept me fairly busy and, you know, I was having fun with it. And so for a while I was doing that. And um, at first, you know, uh, but then, you know, I started missing work like I knew it. So luckily some voiceovers came through. So it was a crazy time. Did you go to college? I went to Kingsborough Community College just for two years. I was It's not that I was a bad student. I wasn't a good student, but I wasn't really into it. 
I kind of knew the real world wasn't for me. And I was, um, uh, you know, looking to something conventional, but I was just stalling in school until I figured out what I was going to do. Got my associate degree in the black. You got the two years. It's a social degree. Yeah, social degree. Yes. I'm thinking about going with my bachelor's in media. Well, good for you. Good for you. So what did you like to meet stars? I mean, do you ever get starstruck? The funny thing is I'll get starstruck. They're not like famous, like Brad Pitt or George Clooney, but a guy like Treat Williams, because I love the movie Hair, or someone who was in Dog Day Afternoon, or some show that was from my childhood, or Mary Hartman, or Bob Newhart. So I I, I got to meet George uh, Siegel. I got to be friends with him. Um, and he was on in a lot of movies from my childhood. You may know him from the Goldbergs. So it's... Uh, Trying to think if I ever got to a point where I was tongue-tied and so nervous. I mean, it was very exciting when I got to meet Quentin Tarantino and ask him questions. So, you know, it's, it's you know, but sometimes I won't name names. You'll meet someone you looked up to and they were kind of a jerk. So you get that too. Like, oh, I don't like you anymore. Yeah, I, I understand. Yes. What do you think the future holds for you? Um, I'm not young, so I'm just looking, like I said, to do jobs where it's creative and they respect and appreciate me, which, which is the same thing, respect and appreciate. So I don't want to jinx it, but I got some things coming up and I'm not looking for the big, you know, big, big thing, but just I want to just keep doing uh, things I enjoy and and no. saying no to things I don't enjoy would no. make me happy. What do I have to do for families? Well, you know, it's raining out. And I actually love L.A. when it's raining, uh, going for a walk. I, you know, uh, well, we got the, uh, when it's nice, uh, I like to drive up the Pacific Coast Highway. I don't swim, but I love looking at the ocean. No. I uh, love, have you ever been to Los Angeles? No, I want to go so bad. I like movies, uh, just Fun movies I like to find that I forgot about. I love cats. I love uh, looking at parrots that talk on Instagram. They make me laugh. <laughs> simple things. Have you ever been to Boston? Yes. I opened for the late Norm MacDonald at the Wilbur. Oh, really? I stand up briefly. I returned. Um, I was in Watertown. That's where they did Dr. Katz, a animated show. Harvard Square, I walked around. Are you fostering your whole life? I'm in Boston right now. Fine, yeah. yes. But it's so cold. I'm just trying to move to California. Yeah, yeah. Well, hello there. This is the J-Man Show on WBCA 102.9 FM, Boston's local community radio station. Thank you, my gentleman, for being out there. I would definitely appreciate that. Oh, no problem. No. So what do you think people can do to make the world better? Well, just simplistically less of ego that causes a lot of feelings of self and arguing and you know tribalism and i try not to argue with people point of view and it's just a waste right not have a sense of i'm great as one guy i won't name names he hangs out at the farmer's market and he's a bully and he thinks he's the best and he pokes people and and he, and he needs attention so don't be like him just 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 if we can get away from this, the internet sometimes with all the comments and people are bullies and they, and they get aggressive and they comment, you know, and uh, yeah. 
just the anger, just just enjoy the moment and and not get so frustrated, like you know. Mm -hmm. Were you ever bullied in school? A little bit. I've been bullied more in show business. Oh, how? Some, well, just uh, some one or two shows with a, or just people. Like I said, it's so insecure here, and everyone has an ego, and, and you know these. Some of these comedians brag how aggressive they are, and they, uh, hey, I'm tough. You're not tough. People feel insecure about their status, and they want to feel better. And they they see me, and I don't act aggressive, so they think they can, uh, you know, push me around. It's not bad. But I'm saying, I, I've, I've sadly run into it more as an adult. Oh, really? People, well, just people thinking, you know, if they're a, they're just so insecure. Like I said, there's a bunch of comedians hang around a table and they, uh, you know, if I come around, hey, and, and it's just because they're not working and and they feel better, yes. How do you deal with racism? Deal with racism? Uh, yeah, especially in Hollywood. You're well, I'm not a person of color, but I, 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 I think it's very sad. It's just, um, you know, even people I know who are liberal, you know, showbiz is so hard and they'll blame it on, oh, diversity, I can't get work. Or, I mean, I, I, you got to be who you are. And I'm low key. I have a Jewish New York accent. And that's prevented me from getting work for like the spokesman of Bank of Nebraska. But, you, you know, you're different. And hopefully it's a blessing and a curse. But, um, you know, it's just, uh, there's a lot of in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Not so much racism, but people hire who they know. And a lot of executives, you know, they give to their family. They have ends people don't know. So it's hard to break in, yes. Yes, I get that because I'm with the college and I couldn't get a foot in the door. So now that I have my social screen, I'm starting to make some passion. But yeah, it's like, it's like you know, basically a member of a club, you know. You know, it's, a member of a club, yeah. You're not nobody, like you don't exist, you know, and that's what upsets me yeah, you know? it's hard it's just hard yes you know I yeah hope you're doing uh, better uh yeah it's, it's getting a lot of better you know how's your child was your child okay? very very shy and depressed a, a loner uh i wasn't i wasn't funny but i knew the real world wasn't for me i used to like gi joes the bigger ones uh i would act things out with them i'd i'd watch tv shows but like you know the bob newhart show i, I I wasn't too much into superheroes. I liked Charlie Brown, Mad Magazine, Archie, Jughead, um, Sanford and Son. Just, mm -hmm. uh, just a loner. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that because I was because remind me of myself as because I was like that too. You know, I'd have. I mean, I didn't have any friends in school. You know, I did, but you know, but it's like you know, I was like, I get that. You know, because you know, what's your friends now? I do now. Facebook, Instagram. You know, some people you like to watch growing up. Well, I used to like to watch when we show Brandy, Full House, Family Man, uh, Son of Heaven, Step by Step, um, those shows, you know, comedy shows. Yes, um, TGIF. Yeah, TGIF. I yeah. was on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, really? I actually met Caroline Lane and Mr. John Hart last year at, at Comic Con, 90s Comic Con. They were nice. Oh, good, good. That's good yeah. to hear. So, keep in touch with them? No, I only did that show twice. Oh. I mean, there's some people I bump into, like Nick Bakai, who did The Voice of Salem. They're not in my circle that I text or have lattes with. Oh, I see. Do you, do you have any plans to comedy tour? I open for Norm MacDonald. 
but I didn't do my own show. Thank you, my friend. Do do you own comedy? I did my own comedy many years ago and think, you know, I got it out of my system going. I did what I needed to do. Think you might not have your own TV show? I have my own TV show. Is is that something I want to do? You know, if somehow it came my way, I, I guess I wouldn't say no, but I'm not young and they're not you know they're looking for young energetic people you know i mean i have energy but you know uh i i i mean if somehow it came my way you never know yeah sure but i'm not expecting that or if it did come right i'd love to be on the tv show i'll make a movie if you don't so that'd be a blessing could be on the show thank you this happens but you know i'm not aiming for that these days oh yeah i understand you know more mobs for 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 uh, autographic pictures no i don't get mobbed when i uh, leave my apartment um oh no i don't i don't there's that aggressive guy oh no oh okay he, he gets he, he tries to get the attention but no no They're, well this is los angeles so a lot of people you know uh bigger than me much much bigger you know get them more excited and they they run Towards that person, let's let, let's travel for vacation. When you when you for when you have free time, that's a good question because um, I haven't gone on too many because I was touring with Norm. So usually my when I go on the road, it would be just either to work or uh, visiting my parents in Florida. Oh, really? Yes, they don't. Yes, so that was my traveling. But I love one day trips, like I said, up. Uh, up the one San Francisco. I um, I love when I work in Canada. Uh, Toronto is just a great walking city. So, um, so I, I guess Northern California is where I, I mostly go. I see. And and you see your parents on fire? No, they they passed away. I'm sorry to hear that. My condolences. My mother passed away six years ago of a heart attack. So I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry to hear that. Yours. Thank you. Because, yeah, we were actually living in Tampa, Florida when she passed away. You, know? you were in Florida? Uh, yeah. Well, we moved there in, in September 2016, right? And she passed away November 28th. I know it's just, just sudden. I mean, I don't get how that could happen. Well, you take care of yourself. Get uh, mm-hmm. your blood pressure checked. I just got mine. And yeah. cholesterol, you got to, you know. Yeah, I make sure I, I, I get tested for COVID. I make sure I, I, I eat right, healthy and exercise. I to make sure my blood pressure is good. You know, work hard so I can, so I can hopefully live a long, prosperous life. Absolutely. I'm just for, for 40 degrees, so I'm so young, you know. You absolutely enjoy yeah. it. So how was your holidays? Not COVID, but I was sick for Christmas. So oh, yeah. I stayed in. I stayed in and uh, comfortable with my cats keeping me company and uh, and just, just lying in bed all comfy. So... It was the uh, first time I had a bad cold in a while. So, you know, didn't know how to do. She, I actually have a cat too. So, oh, yeah. that's so cute. Is he fetching it or she? Oh, also she. Her, her name is Gracie. She's a, a, a nice brown cat. She's nice, you know. <laughs> the best, yes. Yeah, I love cats, love animals. Yeah. This is a great interview. I love more about your story, you know, your upbringing. You know, this is great, you know. Um, yeah, keep, keep in touch if you're ever out here and I, let me know if there's a link I could post it. And I sure will. So, so how can my fans and viewers? Uh, get in touch with you if you want to have you get in like touch you did the cameo i do cameo with cameo you can order a one-on-one uh video chat or um messages or a shout out this is a wonderful interview gonna meet you well if you ever need anything you let me know you keep in touch thank you i promise you, you got my number stay in touch and us absolutely you, you have a great night okay God bless. thanks i appreciate your time fred thank Bye you now. hello there this is a j-man show on wbca 
102.9 FM, Boston's local community radio station. I'm your host, Jai Bonnet, and my guest today is Jamie Ango, a world-winning screen producer, screenwriter. Hey, Jamie, good to see you on the show today. How are you? I'm doing awesome. How are you? I'm wonderful. So good to see you on the show, and I've, I've learned so much about you. I mean, the, the movies you produced, the screenplay. Um, so can you tell me, tell me a, little, a little bit about yourself and what got you started and wanted to be a producer in, in film? Sure. I've been writing since I was a little girl, and that's always been the dream, um, to write something that I can see on the big screen. Um, so I I wrote about 15 books and then in 2021, I decided I was ready to test my skills at being a screenwriter. And I switched gears, was blessed to have some wonderful people come into my life and open doors for me so that I was able to have my first film that I wrote produced and heading to network television. And they, um, because it was my story, I am listed as a co-producer. So I was able to receive that first credit. So aside from producing, um, what's it like to be a famous producer? Have you met any um, wonderful actors like celebrities out there? No, I am a baby in this industry. Um, I, I live in Florida. And yeah. so I have not, uh, like the first film, yeah. Just Jake, that we just wrapped in December of 2022, I was not able to even get on set. So I've communicated with the stars, with Rob um, and with Brittany, Brittany Bristow and Rob Mays were my my lead characters. So I was able to like communicate with them via social media, but I never actually got to meet them. Uh, not not yet. Why don't you work on, on what now for this year coming out? So the film is currently in post-production and then it has already been picked up for distribution by the um, Up TV Faith and Family Network and the um, Super Channel Heart and Home in the Canada area. So right now, my role is just to continue to um, share the promotions as they come out, as the new music comes out, and hopefully hit some of the the charts for the Just Jake movie. They had original music written for it. And then um, we'll go, obviously, on TV. And then I was fortunate to be able to retain the book rights. So I did write a novelization of the movie. And um, it's based off of my original script, not necessarily what we're all going to watch, but the original script that I sold is what I based my book off of. So that comes out in late August of 2023. Oh, that's wonderful to hear. Now, aside from producing, do you also want to be an actress in Stanya films too? No, I have no desire to act. Um, I did that in the 90s when I was in uh, middle school and high school here in Florida when the film industry was pretty pretty booming in Orlando with Universal Studios having lots and um, a lot of film incentives. So uh, I was an alien on Sequest and I uh, I met Urkel when they did the big Disney, the the show that took place at Disney World when he proposed, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I was like on LA Law in Miami. So I did a couple of, of small acting gigs, a Universal commercial as a principal. Um, but I just wasn't very good at it. <laughs> um, I was too worried about what I was supposed to be, what they wanted to um, to to put in the role, as opposed to just bringing my interpretation of the role to the table and seeing if they liked what they saw. So I just wasn't a very good actress at the time. <laughs> wow, I see. I, I see you much. You must be vocal. I'm not you know, you know, right to you. He's a wonderful man. Oh my gosh, yeah, he is a sweetheart. Very, very nice, down to earth. He would, I mean, with all the fame at his age, you know, yeah. you wouldn't know that 
uh, that he was famous just talking to him. He was a wonderful guy. I asked my daughters when Colleen and Kelly Williams did their football for night. Nice. Very cool. <laughs> what advice can you give our producers and actors that want to be that want to be famous or want to act? What advice can you give them? Well, um, I mean, I'm a screenwriter first and foremost, but I do feel that we're all part of the same process and the same end goal, which is to share our creative arts with the world, leave a legacy, uh, make a difference. So I think that um, for all of us, the, the best things we can do are the things we have control over, and that is to get better at our craft and to network, because that's really all we control. When I write a script and I send it to a producer, there's not much more I can do. Uh, except for wait for them to either love the project and go find the funding and then bring me back on board. But um, if I don't have a great script that they want to invest, you know, millions of dollars and years of their lives into, then I'm not going to get picked. So if I work every day writing or um, acting or learning um, budgeting, if you want to be in the production side or whatever area you like, you spend every day learning something, studying, continuing ed, while also um, doing, writing every day, um, learning a new monologue, doing a small um, social media post where you're pretending to be whoever. I think those are the only things we really have control over as creatives as we're moving our way up the ladder. So how do you deal, deal with rejection? <laughs> you know, I mean, nobody likes to be rejected, but it's part of the business. So if you you don't understand that and you can't be okay with that, then you probably can't be in this business as a creative. There are a million other ways you can be involved. You can be on the set. You can be an agent. You can be, well, I guess you get rejected too for that. Uh, you can be a scouting person, you know, location scouter. There's a lot of other things you can do. Um, but for me personally, uh, when I get a rejection, I always try and find out was it something in the work that I could improve so that I could get a better uh, reaction next time? Or was this just the person's opinion or they didn't have the funding or they just produced something similar? There's a million reasons. So I try and understand why. And just because they didn't like it doesn't mean they're they're correct. Um, you know, just because someone said, hey, I, I like this idea, but I think it needs to be funnier or more serious if I don't agree, then I don't need to change it, you know? So I like to get some feedback when I can, but also know that at the end, it's my vision and my project. And if I don't agree with their suggestions, then I don't have to change it. There's somebody else out there and I just need to go find them. We all know that there's a lot of fake websites for actors, right? You know, how do you know which is, how can you tell in your opinion, which is real, which is not? Great question. You have some great questions, by the way. These are all wonderful. Um, I think the best way to do it is um, is when you network, you have a small, close community of people that have the same goals as you, and everybody probably brings a little bit of knowledge to the table that fills in the other people's shortcomings. So I think it's good to have a small group of people or, or even an online community of trusted professionals that you can go in and say, hey, has anybody heard of this company you know, because I've done that before and I've gotten, oh, they're great or, oh, no, 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 don't go there. And sometimes I've been the person saying, yeah, you don't want to go to that website um, because I've gone there, I've researched, et cetera. So I think having that network of people, real people that you can trust and go to will help all of us to uh, filter out the, the vomit that's out there. Mm -hmm. And then if there's a way we can um, 
pass that along so that we can save other people from having to stumble. I think that's kind of our responsibility once we learn that this isn't a good site or this is a good site, right? We want to share that too. So, so what inspires you? What, what gives you inspiration and hope to do what you do? Um, I love storytelling. Um, I feel that there's a world out there that just, it doesn't make sense on a lot of fronts, but it's also, um, there's just so much magic in humanity and in and, and our being on this earth. And I just feel that it's my, my God-given gift to write stories that, that have a hint of magic to take people out of this world into worlds just beyond our own, because that's where I like to live. I like to live in that space right between dreaming and waking. And that is where I like to live. So those are the kinds of stories I like to tell. Uh, that's wonderful to hear. So how did COVID affect you of any being shut down? Um, you know, for me, I actually started, I switched from books to film. Um, it affected me very negatively with the books, obviously. I had a lot of booking, speaking, signings that I couldn't um, follow through with, obviously. Um, I was very upset about that, and it felt very um, stifling to not be able to share my work. And that was around the time when I met my entertainment attorney by chance or by God's grace, however you want to look at it. And um, so it was good for me for the film side because he was able to take the time to say, this is how the industry looks. We're going to be about three years behind. So this is a good time for you to start building your resume and start writing some screenplays and get a little bit of work under your belt. So that way, when they are starting to look again, you'll be ready to compete and have the new project available. So uh, for, for me, it was a good time um, because of that coincidental timing with meeting the entertainment attorney. Okay. And what do you see Sophia from now? So producing screenplays or writing down the line? Yeah, um, I would like to get uh, more heavily involved into production. Um, my son, is he'll be 16 in May, so I have a couple more years home with the baby. Ah. Uh, my oldest son just graduated college in December of 2022. So um, I'm really close to being able to um, to travel more, to actually go to these film sets and be on set and be on pre-production and be more involved with the production of it. Um, but I do want to continue writing. Um, my, my goal is to take my projects, my books, um, adapt them into films, get into some writing rooms, and um, and just see my 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 stories on the big screen and continue to write and teach other creatives um, best practices in, in both writing and their managing of their business. I see. That's wonderful to hear. Did you go to college yourself? I um I did. I received an associate's degree, just a general. Um, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to be when I grew up. I still don't know. Um, but. So I, I didn't take a lot of um, traditional education, but I have spent um, many hours and many dollars on continuing education classes and conferences and um, mentorship programs and things of that nature to try to improve my craft in all aspects from writing to um, producing to marketing products and services. I have my associate degree too in, in liberal arts. Oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to have it. <laughs> it was a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, especially when being this business, you know, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. 
Do you plan to go, go on a book tour for the next project? Um, I would always love to go on a book tour. Um, generally, because I am independently published, um, all of my books are, are created in my publishing house and my comic books as well. With my creative partner, Cool as Heck, we have a comic book company. So um, I do my books, we do our comics, and we have booked ourselves independently and together at a lot of um, upcoming events. They're all on my website. Um, I do know, for example, in February that I'll be in the um, Sci-Fi Bartow area in Florida in the middle of the month. And then the last weekend of the month, I'll be in Atlanta at the Atlanta uh, Comic Con. So we're excited to get out of Florida and go hang out with some of my my Atlanta friends. So, uh, yeah, so just, you know, that's it for now uh, as far as book tour goes. But um, I, I would love one day to be in a position where... I'm launching something that that has enough merit and enough buzz behind it to where I could actually go on a, a, a tour and work my way up to the Boston area. <laughs> well, hello there. This is the J-Man Show on WBCA 102.9 FM, Boston's local community radio station. One of my passions is I really love um, kickboxing. I do the Les Mills classes and I love um, like the karate and the the kickboxing and punching the air. And I don't know what it is about it, but it just really makes me feel good. And it's just empowering. And so I love doing that. Um, I am a history nerd to the core. I love listening to podcasts about the falls of civilizations and you know, different battles that happened in history that they just fascinate me. Um, and then of course I have two dogs that steal my attention and my heart on a regular basis. And my oldest son, he is a theater major, so he just graduated. So I really love going to his professional theater shows. And then, um, even the shows he's not in, I do love going to the theater and seeing the live, um, the live art, you know, watching a, a theater, um, show, musical especially to me it's there's there's something that is so powerful and um the story is so rich because it's it's live and there's reaction and there's real people delivering it and it's just so impressive so i love going to the theater um and then my last love is um my husband he's a coach for the pop warner football so we go um, on Saturdays, I'll go to the 12U games and the 14U games. And then like this last year, we traveled around the state because they were in the uh, in the Super Bowl. Wow. So, um, yeah, so I, I like, you know, family, community. It's really mostly what I do. Um, and then exercise and health are both very important. Yes, I agree that that's definitely very important. How, how do you do it? Yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest with you, I, I was very blessed, I think, where I live that I never noticed. Um, I thought it was just on TV and in the movies that people didn't like someone because of the color of their skin. Like literally until years ago, I, I just thought that was something that was old school thinking. And um, I, I have been very fortunate. I have had a lot of friends of uh, multiple ethnicities, uh, multiple countries of origin that are, you know, first generation or their parents are first generation in America. Um, so I don't know. I've just been very, um, I've lived in a bubble, I think. It's just it never crossed my mind. And I feel very, I think I feel very good that I look at people that way, that I look at people and I don't notice anything else. Um, it makes no sense to me. I think uh, racism is 
it, it just doesn't make any sense to me because how, how could you possibly like someone or not like someone because of how they look when you have no clue who they are? So um, I think as a writer, I get to um, toy with those ideas. Uh, for example, in my, my book, um, Clifton Chase on Castle Rock, which is the second book in the series, he goes back in time to help Robin Hood. And there's this big war between two different dwarf um, communities because of grievances that they carry from their past generations. So I kind of got to explore the idea of slavery and racism and how it affects people through a fantasy story. So for me, I think because it doesn't make sense to me, going into and creating a story world where I can sort of explore it and maybe um, maybe make it better you know, maybe change the thinking of people and have the ending be better than it is in real life currently um, is one of my favorite things about being a writer. My next question to you is, what do you think people can do to make the world better, to change the world, in, in your opinion? Oh, yeah. Great question. You know, it, this is going to sound so cliche, but the, the Bible talks about the golden rule, treat mm -hmm. others the way you want to be treated not necessarily the way they deserve to be treated, mm -hmm. but how you want to be treated. And I don't think anybody in the world wants to feel made fun of, stupid, insecure, unloved, unwelcome. So if none of us feel that way, then none of us would treat anybody that way. We all want to feel heard, seen, accepted, loved, appreciated, wanted. So if we all treated everybody that way, I truly believe that 90% of all the problems would disappear. Yes. You're always going to have that margin of people that are just miserable and hateful just because. So you have to know they're always going to be there. But I really think that most of our problems would disappear. And when I go into the schools and I talk to kids about bullying and empathy and the power of their words, this is one of the principles that I try and like leave them with and hope that they take home is that if we just treat everybody the way we want to be treated, the world would be so much easier to go through. Ever bullied in school or put on as a kid? I was. Um, I First of all, I was very insecure. So I had a lot of, um, of I won't say self-hate because I think that's too strong, but I really didn't like myself. I was very insecure. So then... Um, that would trigger other people who were bullies to see me as a victim, to see me as an easy target. So I did get bullied. Um, and then I also had a tendency to um, have a soft heart for the underdogs. So a lot of times I was the one that would come in and stand up for somebody who was being bullied because I did know what that felt like. And I did understand that you know, we don't know what people are going through. So we don't know if they're just having a bad day or a bad month. And, um, and, and maybe that's not their normal behavior, but that's how they're acting out. Uh, so I did learn, I think, because of the bullying that a lot of the times it wasn't me, it was them. Yeah. And, and that just taught me that, you know, sometimes you have to look at other people and go, what's, what is going on in their world that's causing them to take it out on me? And, and then on the flip side, what am I putting out that's telling people it's okay to treat me this way? So there was a lot of growth that had to come from myself on both of those in and out um, outlets. Okay. I definitely understand. You know, yeah. So what makes you happy in, in, in life? Um, I think what makes me happy in life is being genuine, 
um, following the, the path and the plan that I feel God has laid out for me, because what that means is along the way, I might get to do what I want. I might get to write movies and write books and meet kids. But the real truth of what I'm doing is that I'm inspiring people and I'm leaving a legacy and I'm showing people a path to uh, goodness. And to me, it's a very, um, it's a wonderful feeling to have someone say, you know, you inspire me and I'm going to go write my book or I'm going to go do that thing I've been afraid to do because I saw you do it and, you know, you were successful. So now I think I can be successful. And I, that really makes me happy. It makes me happy to hear that something that I'm doing with my time is uh, positively affecting someone else's life. Um, if you have a time for a very quick story, um, when I was writing my first book, Clifton Chase and the Arrow of Light, that's the book that I would go into the schools and talk about bullying. Uh, years later, I went to my son's school when he was in uh, middle school. When he was in high school, years later, I was really depressed because no one was buying my books and nobody knew who I was. And I was like, why am I doing this? And my son stopped me and he goes, mom, it's not always about the sales. And he said, there's a boy in my school and he came up to me a couple of months ago, but I didn't know how to tell you this. And he said that you, when you came to our school in middle school, he was planning on killing himself when he got home from school that day. And something you said in your presentation stopped him. So you don't always know why you're doing something or who it's going to affect. You just have to do what God tells you to do. And you have to just do the next right thing and trust that there's a higher power that has a purpose and a plan. And that changed everything for me. That just made every fear and every selfish ambition just disappear because it wasn't about me anymore. It was about me serving. Yes, I definitely agree. So how do you, so how do you deal with depression sometimes? Um, you know, it, it comes and goes. You have to understand that no matter how happy you are, how good life is. And sometimes for people, when it's really good, they get more depressed. But um, for, for myself, when I start to feel down about something or I get a rejection, I give myself 24 hours to be miserable, reasonable, and act like a toddler. <laughs> and, and that's it. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cry. I'm going to stomp my feet. I'm going to feel sorry for myself. No one's allowed to give me any good direction. Everyone just has to pity me and pat my back and say, you're right. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I move on. <laughs> that's a good answer. I'm the same way too, you know. <laughs> yeah. You have to feel it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, wow. Have you got a plan to travel over, over, overseas for projects or movies? Oh, for mine? No, no, I haven't gotten there yet. I mean, Lord willing, yes, one day. Um, my Because this is my first movie and it was filmed in Colorado, we, we don't really have any reason to leave the U.S. yet. Um, but, you know, if, if the next romantic comedy gets picked up by Hallmark, for example, then we would go to Canada. Um, I have a great comic that I'm going to be launching with Cool as Heck that's um, Gaijin in Tokyo. And I wrote it when I was in Tokyo. Uh, and it's a supernatural um, crime mystery. So uh, I would love to, you know, turn that into a movie and maybe go over back to Japan because I was there for a month in the in the late Wow. It was, I think it was 1999, like right before we we flipped centuries. And um, I would love to go back and, and, you know, visit and promote that movie. That would be super fun. Wow. wow. So, what's Japan, so what's Japan like? I always want to go to Japan. Oh, 
it was the greatest place I've ever been. I was in Tokyo downtown. Um, I was, it was maybe 20 years old. I don't, I don't think I was 21 yet. I might've been. And uh, I was by myself 2 AM walking around, holding my shoes barefoot, completely safe. Like, and this was a long time ago, you know, this was 1999. So who knows how it is now, but uh, it was, it was beautiful. The people were so kind and um, you know, like, my mom and I, we walked by this wall one day and there was a, like a purse sitting on the wall. And I was like, oh no, someone lost their purse. And she goes, you don't touch it if it's not yours here. And she said, you, you'll watch. And we, we went out and we spent our day and we came home that night and the purse was still sitting on the wall. Oh. Whereas in America, we live by what? Finders keepers, right? So oh. in America, that purse would have been snatched up and gone in a heartbeat. And it's just, it's a different culture. And uh, I absolutely loved it there i would go back and stay forever right now <laughs> well, how come you don't touch the purse dogs how how come no one touched it because it wasn't theirs oh. oh it just you don't touch it so whoever's it was they'll come back for it like oh. a day two days who knows oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, so different such a different um thinking and mindset it was very very interesting See, what do you what do you happen if, if someone did touch the purse think anything would happen um i i think you know maybe they would they would bring it to somebody like a, a local shop and leave it and somebody would eventually find it but um yeah it was it i i wasn't gonna touch it <laughs> that's all i knew is i wasn't gonna touch it <laughs> you could get this this world over there i did we like? took the, yeah it was amazing we took the bullet train there wow. and um yeah it was so fast but you didn't feel it Okay. And it was really, it was really cool to be in a, at a, like a theme park I knew so well, that was just not the same. Um, the food was amazing. You know, it wasn't our American fast food uh -huh. and, um, it was very clean, which is a Disney, you know, Disney's very clean. Um, but it just, it was just slightly different and, um, quieter. You could always tell when an American was in a bar because they were so loud. Yeah. You know, you would have people from Australia and from Japan, obviously, um, from Taiwan, from India, all of these different cultures would be in the same bar. And the loud, obnoxious, look at me, I'm an American, would walk in the bar. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed to be an American, you know, because. Yeah. But that's just that's an American thing. You know, I mean, I love America. I'm not embarrassed to be an American. But you understand what I mean, like being over there and seeing us from someone else's perspective was eye-opening that wow. we, you know, we walk in like we own the place and it, it just was different. So it was yeah. different to be on the other side, you know? <laughs> Does Japan have deer walking around? I had a deer you can pet. Um, in different areas, yeah. I mean, where, where we were at, we were in the city and I know we did go to a couple of other places, like we went to Disney, but we went to a couple of other places, but I don't remember... Um, I mean, I remember there was a beautiful, um, like a pond and a, a small river and there was all these bonsai trees. It was gorgeous. And, and the cherry trees were in bloom. It was amazing. Uh, and then there was a big, big, like central park kind of place, but much bigger. And there were like, like 85 Elvis impersonators in a circle on a Saturday, like just singing and dancing Elvis together uh, and like. And like nobody, nobody batted an eye. They just walked around <laughs> like it was totally normal. And <laughs> but I didn't see any deer. But I did see Elvis impersonator. 
That's wonderful. That's awesome. Yeah, because like I said, I'm also a big fan of Walt Disney and Flop. Have, have, yes. Have you gotten it before? I love Disney. Uh, yeah. A million times. We were pass holders for a few years, so we would go almost every weekend. Yeah. And, huh. um, and it was, I mean, it was amazing because it, even though... Like you got to where you kind of knew your way around, you know, because yep. we were there every weekend, but it was still magical. Every time, you know, you, you get off of the ferry or you get off of the monorail and you look at the magic kingdom and you pass through the gates and you just like, oh, you know, like I'm in the happiest place on earth. Well, hello there. This is the J-Man show on WBCA 102.9 FM. Boston's local community radio station.